While everybody's kind of transitioning, I, I have a few things to say. And then we're going we're gonna to ease into... Isn't, isn't it an awesome thing to start your year off knowing that the blood of Jesus has taken care of some things for you? Amen. Amen. All right. Everybody, everybody up here, right, right here. Let's, let's get into the Word real quick. Take your Bibles. I've got some things I want to say, and then this, this is not our typical service, so I'm going to have to slow down and make sure I'm, I'm releasing exactly what the Lord wants me to release. But first and foremost, I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Hebrews with me. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Now, those of us who are word of faith, this is the old Dad Hagen quote. Uh, if you, you've probably heard this off and on and here, there, and everywhere, but it's important that we, we understand what's being said here. Matter of fact, I'm reading, I, want, I want that, you got it in the regular King James, I'm just going to read it off the screen. But without faith, it's, possible, it's impossible to please him, say impossible. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a what? Rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. How? That question has plagued me since the day I got saved. How do I diligently seek? Because what we think in church is that if we come to church enough, if we pay our tithes, if we pray enough, and if you're Pentecostal, if you pray in the Holy Ghost enough, and I am, so I'm not afraid of that, if we move in the gifts enough, if we, if we show up every time they open the door, if we help vacuum, if we take Christmas trees down, if we put Christmas trees up, if we, we're, we're diligently seeking Him. Well, what happens is, is we don't understand what He's really talking about there. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But what does that mean? Well, let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. Ooh, Lord, I'm fixing to do a quick teaching here. I'm fixing. Lord, help me get through this the right way. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Would y'all agree with me that, that my wife does a good job speaking? Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Let her know. She does a good job. Um, would you agree with me she needs to do that more? She needs to be teaching. No pressure. At all. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I do not count myself apprehended, uh, to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Reaching forward. Say forward. To those things which are ahead. I press toward the prize, or the goal of the prize, an upward call of Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. If anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Verse 16, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. What is it he's talking about here? Well, you have to do a little research, but I'm, I'm just, I don't have time to, to paint this picture today because we're, we're already behind. But to diligently seek him, to have this same mind, to please God, to walk in what you feel like he's promised you means that you have to learn to walk what we say in the spirit. Now, for each particular group, in the spirit means something different. But to God, in the spirit means in the love that Christ left. Amen. He loved enough 
to leave everything for you to cover yourself in that and to be able to speak like he speaks, talk like he talks, walk like he walks, receive what he receives, see what he saw, and experience the love of, of God like he did. Now, we use that word love very loosely. Uh, I've heard people say, I love my car. And then they use that same tone and say, I love my wife. That's, there's a problem there. I've heard people say, I love pizza. I mean, they just get all down. I love pizza, you know, that kind of thing. Get all weird with it. <laughs> and use that same word for the kids, but have more passion for their pizza. We don't understand what love is anymore. We can't, according to Hebrews 11, be diligent because we don't know how to be diligent because in our world, and I'm just speaking for me, in our world, diligence is confession. If we say enough scripture, if we just release enough, if we say it the right way, if we pray enough, if we, if we have morning prayer, if enough people show up, we're diligently saying, no, no, no. If you wake up every morning, and I'm telling you, this is changing my life. April's introduced me to some things that she's been listening to that I've seen in her life, and I'm like, I need what she's getting. She's introduced me to some teachings, and this is so far, this has blown my mind, that I get to wake up every morning and not try to think, today I need to act like a Christian. That I get to wake up and know that the cross was for me and I don't have to act anyway. Just receive what was already done and be what I am. Because if you try to act, then it's up to you. But if you get to be, it's up to him. Isn't it an amazing thing to know that he loved you enough to lay everything down for you to pick it up, to put it on you, and for you to walk like he walked, to give you such a body of armor, to give you everything you need to know that the fiery darts of the enemy, although they will come, they cannot affect. The greatest mistake of faith is for us to believe that faith keeps us from trouble. Faith don't keep you from problems. Faith is your reaction to it. And if you learn to live in a place of love, your reaction is always... Now, let me just, let me just tell you all this. A few years ago, I don't remember how many years ago now, Sherry and I both were employed at the same place. It's an engineering company. Not any longer, but that's where we were employed. We were, we were packing our bags to go to a minister's conference. She was in Birmingham shopping. And while well, she was in the dressing room, mama had some clothes. And, and she was, yeah, we had budgeted, you know, hey, go, go do this. We're going to do that. All is well. Boom, boom, boom. I call her. Was this a Friday or a Thursday? I think it was a Friday. Was it a Friday? Who knows? Who cares? Whatever. It was a day. Sun was up. <laughs> All I know is we were leaving Monday. That's what I know. So I called her, and I said, hey, what you got? And she started naming off all these clothes. And, and, and she doesn't shop for herself a lot, so I always push her to spend money for herself, although she refuses to do it. This particular day, she was doing very well. And uh, she, was, she, was, she took the bull by the horns. And she's naming off all the things that she's getting. And, and I, said, I, I said to her, look, I want you to take all that, and I want you to put it on the counter, and I want you to pay for it. And we're going to leave Monday, and we're going to head to a minister's conference. We're going to have a great time. And she said, I'm so excited to just spend some time with you, and let's go get filled back up and all this. And I said, hey, you know I love you. She said, yeah. And I said, I just got fired. <laughs> no, I got fired, girl. 
You say what you want to, I got fired. I ain't got no more money coming in, I got fired. Now, I didn't do nothing wrong, but they were, it, was, it was just a, I don't have time to get into politics and the economy at the time and the presidential, and I don't have time for all that. Yeah, I don't want me to get political right now. But um, her first reaction in her mind was to go put everything back. But for the first time in all these years, she said, you know what? I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm going to go pay for this. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> she paid for her clothes. We went. We loaded up the car. We didn't tell really anybody anything. We just went and had the conference, came back. Got back from the conference, went to Oklahoma, Mississippi. Literally the next week, our pastor, Pastor Tracy, was in Oklahoma. Calls me up to the front, lays hands on me and says, the Lord told me to tell you, 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 you're fixing to have the doors are opening, more money's coming in your direction, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you know, I love you. The next day, somebody called me and said, I'm going to sell you my business. And I said, well, that's good. I ain't got no money. He said, that don't matter. And I went from losing in my mind everything to my own business in a matter of seven days. Because, listen to me, because I refused to say. Are y'all listening? I refused to say that it's over. We can't pay the bills. You know what I said? I said, God, I know you love me. You, you, and this is my favorite. See, because me and God got that kind of relationship. Like, you, you, I know you saw this before I did, so if you're surprised, I'm really in trouble. But if you're not surprised, you got a way for me to get out of this. You told me to go to this conference. We're going. And we just kept walking. You know why? Because we're perfect. And no, no, no. But we knew he loved us. Amen. And see, I've lost that. Pl- I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. Some of y'all lie, but I'll be real. I lost that place for several years. I got over into trying to build a church versus build my relationship. And a lot of you are there. And the reason this is important is for you to reignite something. For you to get back to the place where you know that when you wake up, it's really not about your behavior. It's about you accepting the love of Christ. Now, let me tell you something. If you accept the love of Christ, your behavior will line up. Now, now we got to get off this false grace stuff where we just accept Christ and do what we want to. That ain't real. If you accept Jesus and begin to move into him, people look at you funny because you're just weird. Well, Pastor, you know, I don't, I don't want to move over into all that stuff. People think I'm strange. You go to church here. They already think that. But listen, <laughs> we don't handle rattlesnakes here. We pull water moccasins right out the river. <laughs> Cotton mouth. <laughs> Y'all pull a snake up in here, it better be your shoes. That's all I got to say. We got too many people packing up in here. Listen. <laughs> this past two weeks, we haven't had Wednesday night services. Things have been low-key. I haven't been here every day. And I've just been just... Just talking to the Lord about reminding me of why I do what I do. And I was in a truck with a, a friend of mine, uh, and we were riding along a believer. And, and we were talking, and he was sharing his heart with me, and I was sharing his heart, my heart with him. And, and we were just talking about life. And this is what I heard come out of my You know how you hear something come up out and you just can't get it back? This is what I heard come up out of me, and, and it so shook me. And this was a couple weeks ago. Up out of my mouth, I said... You know, I'm wondering, do I even have a relationship with God anymore? Is preaching just my job now? 
And I've never been there in my life. And if I don't love Jesus, I don't love you. And I've got to get back. And I am. Don't get me wrong. Don't look at me funny. Don't give me that third eye, you know. Just, just understand. Everybody got to have that moment where they recognize where they are. Today's your moment. Today is your This service is solely designed for us to recognize where we are. Now, it's not anybody's business where you are. Because let me tell you something. The biggest failure in church is that we think you got to act like us. You don't. you got to act like him. And, and when you act like him, you're going to act like you and him, however that shakes out. But I will tell you this. What he wants from you is for you to see things the way he sees them, say things the way he says them, look at people the way he sees them, and to talk about those people like he would talk about them. Amen. Not, not, just, not just, you know, oh, what's she doing up in here? You know what she was doing last night? That ain't your business. Amen. That is not your business. Hey, Jesus calling to tell somebody I'm telling the truth. Y'all go ahead and tell him I'm doing all right and hang the phone back up. Listen, you got to see that God has called you to a place to represent him. Amen. I, own, I, own, I own a company, and, and we're starting our bakery. If you work for us, Jeff, you own your own business. Charlie, you own your own business. If you work for us, you represent us. So act like you got sense, Right? Or go home, go to go to ministers conference, go do something. Jesus bought you with a price. And I know we don't like to use this word in the church anymore, but by the blood he owns us. Which means we work for him. Now, we're not slaves. We're sons. But we get to represent something. And let me tell you something, by representing that company, I get the benefits thereof. And what's happened is we've gotten to a place in church where we want all the benefits, but we don't want the representation to be correct. We live in a society now where we think everybody owes us something. We think the government owes us something. We think this money should come from here. This place, they should give me this. Y'all understand the, the, the shooting in Texas in the church, the church we drive by every year when we go to a conference? The shooting last week, you know why he shot? Because they wouldn't give him cash instead of food. Yeah. You know why? Because that's how people think now. But Jesus says different. Jesus says, if you can get your eyes on him, the Bible says, if your eyes are stayed upon him, perfect peace. Peace is your greatest weapon. And listen to me, peace is your choice. You choose it. And I told my team that, and I wasn't going to do this publicly, publicly, but I am. I told the team this morning, I'm telling all of y'all, I love y'all, I do, but the access to me in the hallways and throwing your crap on me before I get on this stage is over. Because y'all need me hearing God, not you. Because it's your junk that's what you need to get free from. Not you just need to dump on somebody else and then go dump on somebody else and say, oh, well, let's just tell the preacher, I ain't your Jesus. I love you, I ain't hanging on a cross for you. But He did. And he gave you freedom. And, and, and listen, this is going to oh, Pastor, I ain't heard you this hard in a long time. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> if you were listening to what I'm teaching you, you wouldn't be dumping it on me anyway. Amen. If you're listening to the word coming across this stage, if you're listening to the songs, I ain't even got to preach. You understand what worship is? Am I okay, babe? I ain't in trouble yet. Okay, just make sure. Worship, listen to me, 
Worship is your response and your opinion of the love he gave you. That's what worship is. If you, if you can understand that your worship is what you say to him for what he gave you, it's easy to put that hand up. Well, I'm not trying to make you do that, so don't call me and tell me that's what I'm trying to make you do. What I'm saying is now I can't keep mine down because that's an international, international act of surrender, and I can't fix my life on my own. So, I, hey, Daddy, pick me up. I need somebody to help me. I can't do this on my own. I know you love me. I know you care. I don't see the path, but you do. So pull me a little closer. My opinion is that he's got something greater than I can see. See, our focus is everything. Perspective is everything. Because if you see everything through the blood, life becomes miraculously easier. But if you see everything through, well, I've got to work, I've got to earn, I've got to pray enough, I've got to give enough, I've got to do enough, I've got to, I've got to be this person in the church. We ain't got those people in the church anyway. What you attaining? We need to be at a place where it's just you and Jesus. You know what I need around me? I ain't looking for people with money. I'm looking for people with Jesus. I, listen, I can get money. Money's easy. It's people with the right heart. We need, that's wealth. When your heart is right, you're wealthy. When your heart is right, you can lay down and go to sleep at night. When your heart is right, you see people the right way. When your heart is right, those that broke you can't broke you anymore. When your heart is right, their voice has no say. That doesn't mean you're arrogant. It doesn't mean you're hard. It does, listen, let me tell you something. Some, there's some people you need to just cut away. And let me just tell you all something. And I don't mean to be rude. There, there are people some of us need to cut away. And some of us need to recognize that the way we've carried ourselves, we might need the person somebody else needs to cut away. Because this is the moment that we get it all fixed. Amen. This is not just church. Amen. This is his body and his blood so that you don't have to fix your own life. Amen. Well, you know, Pastor, what, yeah, I, just, I just can't get a break. With Jesus, you can get anything. Just got to be through love. Now, look, everybody look right here at me. You're looking at somebody who has spent over 20 years in the word of faith. I've sat under the greatest teachers, the people you see on TV, the people flying around in jets and riding Harleys. I've sat in rooms with them. They're good people. They are teaching the right things. But the things that we take from them and reteach wrongly begin to grow. And then we try to attain what they've attained, and they will look you in the eye and say, don't do it my way. you got to get close and figure it out. We're just here to tell you what happened. Everybody in this room can walk in supernatural, uh, I mean, unbelievable prosperity, and that's not just money. But every one of you are going to walk in it differently. Every single one of you are going to have a different path. And what we've done in the church is we've, we've got this thing set up that if everybody does it, A, B, C, D, that, oh, you'll have this. Can I apologize to you if I ever preach to you that way? Because my job is to show you Jesus. Because if I can get you to Jesus, I can get your life turned around. Because that's where I get to say, okay, now you get to stop listening to me and start listening to him. Because as I've proven, if you've been here more than three services, you've proven it takes me about 90 seconds to say something I shouldn't say. <laughs> you ain't said nothing all day. You're going to amen to that. But that level of volume was a little higher. <laughs> I 
Now, everything I just said, let's go back to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Understanding that faith works by love. Are you with me? Faith works by love. But without faith or what? Let's, let's change that. But without love, it is impossible. We got entire churches believing for millions and facilities and cars and buses and planes. Loving the offerings and loving the crowds, but not loving the people. But I need the people to turn it around and love Jesus back. Jesus changed the world with 12 men that could love. Y'all, let, let, oh, well, you know, they were, they were with Jesus. So were you. You covered in him. They, they knew him. You covered in him. Well, you just don't know what I've been through. Listen, last point, I promise. Between me and her, there ain't much y'all can bring up we ain't been through. Through our childhoods and, and the things that's happened to us. Now, we don't, you know why I don't share my testimony a whole lot? Just because that's not who I am anymore. That man's dead. And when you give yourself fully to Christ, you start forgetting old things pass away. And behold, all things come, become new. All things are made new. All things are made new. Say all things. Stop hitting the altar about everything that happened to you 20 years ago. Without love, you're never going to be free. But when you wake up and know that even in the midst of that, somebody failed in your life, somebody messed up, somebody hurt you, I'm not saying that that's okay. But what I am saying is that through love, there is freedom. And I mean, we ain't talking about that sugary syrupy type of love. I love you and everybody's all good. No, no. I'm talking about love corrects. Love guides. My dog, Buckle. Big white American bulldog, big blue eyes, beautiful. I love him. Whip him. You know why? Because I live in front of a highway. I correct him. We put, well, Cameron did most of the beating. Now Cameron, Cameron got his own place. With, you know, he don't ever go to. He just eats at daddy's house. We have a little, inside the house, we'll have a little Maltese puppy. That's, that's his dog because I ain't going to bathe it. So it's his. You know, in the beginning, we had to correct that dog a lot or the whole house would smell like a puppy. Right? Let me, let me, let me just say this. This is going to sound a little crude, but listen to me. Why do I want to, I don't live in my own junk. Why do I want to live in a dog's? Right? So we correct that. It's true. Now, the church is not your litter box. It's where you leave things and walk out free. See, once you give it to Jesus, let me explain this to you. He says, behold, all things are made new. In Jesus' mind, the intercessor it doesn't even exist anymore. Amen. The only person that's keeping it alive is you. How do I get free? I'm not saying there aren't things that you deal with. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you shouldn't still be dealing with them. You should let love cover you every moment of every day. My wife, back when she, several years ago when she was really learning this, had a real self-image problem. And I could tell her I loved her 
every day and it didn't matter because she didn't love her. But she started getting these cards and writing on them fearfully and wonderfully created. And started writing all the scriptures that Jesus said about her. And they were everywhere, y'all. And I, I mean everywhere. You go, go to the bathroom, sit down on the toilet. There's a card right there. <laughs> everywhere. You know why? She's retraining how she thinks. She walk into the kitchen. You look on the, 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 you look on the, the refrigerator. There it is. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the apple of God's eye. You walk over to the oven. It's on the microwave. I am the apple of his eye. He loves me with all of his heart. I mean, just, uh, just everywhere you go. Look, you open up a cabinet. There's a card. Because she was changing how she thought. Now, I'm Pentecostal. Some of you may be. Some of you may not be. But here's the deal. Even from non-Pentecostals to Pentecostals, we believe if the preacher prays for us, it's going to be all good. Not until you change your mind. Now, let me explain something to you. You're looking at somebody who would do so much dope, she would have to lift my head for me to breathe. So I'm not coming from this preacher. I didn't grow up preaching. But let me tell you something. I was supernaturally delivered in, in, in an hour and 30 minutes, something like that, in a church. People lay hands on me, got up, i never done drugs again. Well, I wish that would happen to me. No, I still deal with the mindset. I just didn't have the addiction. I still had to change my mind. Well, why would that happen for you and not happen for anybody? I don't know. God had one shot with me because I was already making fun of the church. I ain't never been to Pentecostal church before in my life, Charlie. Crazy. Lady was sitting right here with nine-inch stilettos if they make them that long. I thought she was going to switchblade me and black, backflip and hit me right in the face. That's what I told you. And she said, this girl finna kill me. Loudest woman in the church. And God's got a sense of humor to take somebody who's only been to church a few times, and that was a Baptist church, and put me in the loudest Pentecostal church in Alabama in front of the loudest woman in the loudest Pentecostal church in Alabama and then say, I'm going to change you tonight. Now, I ain't going to get into all that, but you got to understand, something changed in me. But my mind didn't change. And all of your spiritual encounters mean nothing if your mind doesn't change to what the Word says. This explains why. Let me tell you something. Oh, Lord, I, I was joking about the two hours of preaching, but y'all hang on. Y'all, Popeye's is going to still be over. Y'all go get your devil chicken. It'll be fine. God's chicken's closed on Sunday. Y'all go get your voodoo stuff. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I got a point, I promise. This explains, doesn't matter the type of church, but this, is, this explains why you can go to a church and the same person can have the same spiritual encounter and you can feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost and you can feel the power of the service and the same person hits the altar every year or every time or something's going on and, and man, it just moves on your body shakes and, and you know God's actually doing something, but they never get in the Word. They just accept that's how it works. And because it's a culture of prayer lines versus the life of the word, they fall right back into the same stuff. This is why you see people get saved a thousand times. People will raise their hand for salvation or hit the altar over and over and over because they did something. This is not about your behavior. This is about your heart linking with his. And accepting that, yeah, let me, let me tell you something. You didn't just get to repent. You get to start repenting. Because you didn't care before. One last thing. I told you I had last statement like 20 statements ago, so just hang tight. 
Multi close your personality. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Everybody all right? I mean, it, it ain't going to matter. I'm just asking. <laughs> now, last thing. Um, you see people. Now, I've seen this, okay? I've seen this. We had a situation when I was early in the middle. Let me tell you something. Can I just tell y'all churches screwed me up? A lot of things I used to believe that were working, I got in church, messed me up. We had a lady that used to come to our house for prayer. I won't say her name. But her leg was three inches shorter. Her back was, remember, it was all messed up. And I was young in this thing, on fire for Jesus. And I called her in one day, and I got so tired of seeing her hurt, and I got moved by spiritual compassion. You need to learn what those two things are, human compassion and spiritual compassion. And I called her over there. I said, let's lay hands on you. Laid hands on her, and right there, her back popped, sounded like a zipper, leg popped out, and pop, just like that. Remember that? Over in the den. I mean, over in the living room. Everything lined up. Leg popped out, boom, healing took place. Couldn't hold, as a matter of fact, Erin was little. She couldn't hold the child. Remember, she was all crying because she can't hold the babies. She picked Aaron up and walked around with her all day long. A week later, walked in my house, back like she was. No word. Accepted pain. Accepted that. How can you get a miracle and not understand that God loves you and want to read what he says about you? But people do it every day. That's why you can fill altars up under the anointing. But people don't change. Because we're in a generation where if it's not shown to us on YouTube, or we can't see it in a video game, or we can't see it on SEC football, or you don't see it in fantasy football. See, what has your attention? See, because April, April said it in the team meeting, whatever it is you put your energy into is where you're going to walk. And if your energy is in talking negative and, and I don't understand this and, and my favorite is, well, you know, the preacher needs to do this. If you've never held this job, don't tell me what to do. Y'all have no idea what we carry. You have no idea the time that gets wasted. Well, I'm going to start griping now. Uh, I can't put more into your life than you can. And we've put it on the preachers. And we put it on the anointing. And I want all these things to show up in my life, but I don't want to do what it takes. If you love, you'll read love. I catch April from time to time. She don't know that I know this. But I, I'll catch April from time to time pulling out them cards where I say, hey, baby. From way back when we was in the trailer, and I'd write her these poems in her cards, just tell her how much I love her. I need, I, I got away from that. You sure did. I sure have. <laughs> she might be just nostalgic. I'm thinking it's important. But she's reading that because she likes to read about the one that loves her. If you really knew how much Jesus loved you, this would be easy. Well, Pastor, I just can't read 30 chapters of the begats. Read one verse. Start with one verse and let it change your life. Stand to your feet with me. Somebody come up and play for me. Just bow your heads where you are. Father, we thank you. Lord, I've done my best to just 
throw out the meat of what you told me to say today. I'm thankful for communion. I'm thankful for my wife who was so obedient to you. I'm thankful for a group of people in the team that you put around me that I can lean on and ask to pray for me. But I'm thankful for these people that come out on Sunday and some of them don't even know me and wonder why they're even listening to me, but they're here. But more than that, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. Because everybody can walk away from me, Lord, but you'll be here. Everybody can do anything in this world that has nothing to do with this church, but you're going to be here. Oh, I just pray that these people get a revelation of how much you love them. And they turn their eyes towards you and perfect peace becomes everything they need. And Lord, I pray for every person in this room right now that they have judgment day honesty. I don't need anybody moving around right now. If they put your number up on the screen or whatever, if you have to go, be very, very quiet. But I don't need anybody moving. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. See, a lot of times we can preach something, but we have to give the Holy Spirit time to minister it. Every head bowed. Don't pay no attention to anybody around you. I don't care who, who's got your attention right now. You need to be focused on the Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray you sear this in their hearts. That you sear this in their minds. That they turn towards you, Lord. That people understand that their victory is in, is in you. That their love is in you. That their heart is in you. Everything they need for freedom is in you. Thank you for the encounters. Thank you for the move of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we get to be recharged and, and resent out. Oh, but more than that, we need a renewed mind. So if you're in this place and... You say, Pastor Allen, I love all that, but I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. You need to accept Jesus into your heart. This is your moment. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to embarrass you or pull you out, I promise. This will be between you and the Lord. And you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to get some things straight. I want peace. On the count of three, I just need you to put your hand up. And right back down. One, two, three. All across the place. Amen. I see hands. Put them right back down. Amen. Put them right back down. People are getting saved this morning, church. But before, normally we move right into prayer. Those of you who raise your hands, I want you to hear my voice. What I'm about to say is the most important thing for you to hear. What you're about to do is you're about to accept Jesus into your heart, the answer for everything. That doesn't mean life's going to be easy, but it means that you can start moving toward Him. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a religion. You're accepting love. Now, everybody in this place, including those of you who just raised your hands, I want you to say this bold. Say it with everything you've got. And accept the love that He left for you. Now, repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you. That Jesus died for my sins. I accept the free gift of Jesus Christ into my heart, into my life. Teach me how to love. Teach me how to hear you. Teach me how to talk to you. And I thank you that you're never going to walk away. 
I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. People got saved, church. Those of you who gave your life to Jesus today, that is the most important thing you could have done. Because from this point on, it doesn't matter which preacher you listen to or, or which scripture is your favorite. It matters that you listen to Jesus. And you let him start leading you into all truth because that's what he does.